Hey guys, and welcome to the CNT podcast, uh, where the motto is CNT's weekly and GNT's nightly. Oh no! <laughs> All right, it's CNT's weekly, GNT's daily. However, we are coming to you nightly right now with GNT's in hand. Um, we are live from an outdoor, uh, pretty scenic patio. Uh, so if you hear somewhere them, in the uh, Appalachian Mountains, yeah, yeah, yeah in, in the undisclosed location. Yeah. Um, and this week, uh, we're going to kind of come back to where it all started. Way back on episode one, talking mm-hmm. about sports a little bit. Heading back. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed our kind of uh, our brief journey into uh, having a travel podcast. <laughs> uh, this uh, this past episode, in episode two, we talked to our friend Inez about traveling in Europe. Um, but this week, I think we'll, we'll definitely float back to those yeah, kind of things too. Yeah. I mean, and, and 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 yeah, I mean, this we, this podcast can be, kind of be anything we want. Yeah. I guess most of know? the times we'll talk about sports, but we we're gonna try to add a little. A little English, a little splash at the end of uh, something random for you guys. So yeah, we'll see if we get to that tonight. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, and, yeah. And to start off, though, we will we'll keep it in the sports realm. And I guess one thing that I wanted to do, which like Brian has pointed out to me, is a bit condescending. Maybe <laughs> is uh, so basically uh, to maybe explain our dynamic a little bit more. Uh, I'm a larger basketball fan than Brian is. Um, I follow the NBA a lot, but Brian really likes basketball, and he definitely is plugged in, but not as plugged in as I am. Um, and so I thought it might be a fun idea if I kind of just throw out some of the biggest storylines and some major debates going on in the NBA right now and get his immediate reaction with kind of no backstory, no information, and just see ex- like exactly what he thinks of something with kind of nothing beyond the common knowledge of just hearing me say what happened. People usually love my hot-headed reactions to pretty much anything, even if it's outside of sports. So <laughs> this should be good. Yeah, so uh, the first edition of Brian's Hot Take Corner, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and dive in. Um, What's up with airline food? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Uh-oh. Say that for the stand-up comedy podcast <laughs> next episode. Um, so, okay, so the first the first one I want to uh, throw out at you is, okay. um, you know, there's been a lot going on in the NBA in terms of, you know, uh, off-season moves between the draft and trades and NBA free agency, which is kind of wrapped up now for the most part. There are a couple loose ends. Um, but one of the first major moves that happened was uh, Chris Paul, Got signed uh, by, or got traded rather, to the, to the Rockets. Uh, so okay, so the Rockets. Um, we're talking about. Are those Rockets red? Y- correct. <laughs> so now we're operating under even terms here. Um, so you know you have the situation right where Chris Paul, one of the best point guards in the NBA, albeit kind of Ooh. aging. Um, very ball dominant player though, kind of needs the ball in his hands to Loves shoot and facilitate. Yeah, big ball lover notoriously. <laughs> um, and then you also have James Harden, who. After also a big ball lover. Also, yep, big time for sure. Um, but after switching, you know, to point guard last year, he <clears throat> almost won the MVP, or, or you know, for a while it seemed like he might have might win the MVP until Russ Westbrook kind of ran away with it. Uh-huh. Um, off of kind of being this, you know, always having the ball in his hands facilitator for his team, and so the question kind of is, you know, will this pairing work? Um, I think it will, but not as much as people think. Um. You know, you can only feed so many mouths at one time. You only got one flank steak, and you got too many birds chirping at you, is what I like to say. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think a little bit of ego can get in the way because, yeah, Chris Paul was the, the lead guy on his team, and then James Harden, like I said, is pretty much uh, gimme, 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 gimme. So, um, I don't know. I think they'll eventually fight it out. Maybe a little locker room tussle. We'll hear about it on TMZ and uh, 
I'm calling Harden. Okay, all right. Harden. I, I think Harden wins the shares of it, and, and Chris Paul takes a back seat. So Harden wins the fight. He earns the teammates' respect, yeah. and then and then Chris Paul comes off the bench. Maybe they could <laughs> pass it more to Dwight Howard underneath. Oh my god, <laughs> we're like four years behind. Oh wait! Oh no! Oh wait! Just kidding. Okay. I was gonna say something stupid. <laughs> Please do. Nope. That's kind of the point of this nope. segment. That was too stupid. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Maybe we'll reveal it uh, later in the episode. Um, okay. So the next one I want to get to. Um, it's another kind of like pairing of superstars that people don't know how it's gonna work. So obviously, probably the largest, um, you know, all star that's moved in the off season. If it wasn't Chris Paul, if it wasn't Gordon Hayward, it was definitely uh, Paul George going to Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know, you have an, a very similar situation where you have Paul George, who is kind of a perennial all-star. Is he a point guard? He is not a point guard. Cool. He is a uh, forward. So, not sharing the same position as Westbrook. So, you don't have that problem, right? He'll be playing, like, the three while Westbrook plays, like, you know, the one position. But Westbrook has gotten very used to doing everything himself. So, the idea... Yeah, he's like a fat kid with a sandwich. He never wants to give it up. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the question is, does he give up the sandwich... Knowing that a good player can help him win, like back when KD was on the team. Not a chance in hell. His stats are way more important to him than sharing his Sammy with other people. <laughs> I'm more of a, hey, try my Sammy. He's more of a, heck not, imagine my Sammy. So, no, I think Paul George is going to sit there with cold-ass feet and hands all day. Pass me the ball, Russ. <laughs> he never gets it done. And no sandwich. No, no sandwich. sandwich for Paul George. No sandwich after the games either. Just orange slices. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> With the soccer halftime <laughs> snack. He doesn't even get he doesn't get the peanut butter and jelly that's so nope. popular in the NBA now. Um, okay. Well, that's okay. So, so far, we have Harden coming out on top of Chris Paul and then Westbrook coming out on top of uh, Paul George, just to recap, for very different reasons. One for a food-related reason and one for a fighting-related reason. Well, oh, that being said, if, if Westbrook and... Paul George get into a fight. I think I got my money's on Paul George. Okay, yeah. yeah. He yeah, he's definitely bigger. I feel like the problem with Westbrook though is that Westbrook is definitely the type of dude who like you literally have to knock him out to win the fight. Yeah, he's right? also the best athlete on the planet. Yeah. Just you know, just yeah. a real solid chunk of meat. You yeah. know, he's just so SB winning. Just so good at everything. <laughs> Best athlete on the planet. Besides championships and other stuff. Uh-oh. You know, he's 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 really good. He's the best athlete. Uh-oh. You know, okay. if he could, if he could transfer his athletics to other sports, I could really see him being like maybe first or second string bench player on the Patriots or like maybe sitting backseat holding Aaron Judge's junk while he hits the ball or like you know maybe in the MLS he could sit there and hand out the orange slices for Ronaldo or something yeah he'd be real good in the there. MLS <laughs> oh, wait. oh my god um okay yeah Not so MLS, multi-sport athlete Russell Westbrook um so now maybe moving on to something that's less kind of about comparing two players but more comparing about kind of the mental state of another player um, you know, the, probably the biggest conspiracy theory in the NBA right now, and something that'll be talked about, you know, ad nauseum for the next year, so maybe we can get out of our system now, is this idea that LeBron James might want to leave Cleveland next year and move to Los Angeles and maybe join the Lakers. Um, and, you know, some of the reasons for that is that he doesn't agree with how the organization's being run, he can't get over the Warriors hump, maybe if he went to the Lakers, he could play with a young team and also bring in other free agents while also playing in a place where he can make a lot more money because of the media opportunities in Hollywood and things like that. So right. the question to you is, does LeBron James abandon Cleveland? Um, to answer that, I think he does. I don't know if it's with the Lakers. I get I get the whole money situation because that is obviously attractive, and you know it's L.A., you know, why not? And I get the young, young team thing also, but he's not getting any older. And I don't think him moving any to, younger. Lo- to, lo- 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, him moving to Los Angeles is going to put him over the Warriors hump, if anything. I think it's a pretty drastic regression. I mean, like, he's the greatest player in the league, but yeah, not with those guys. Yeah. I think if he just takes a little flight east to Boston, you can show him <laughs> up a little bit. But, oh, um, God. I don't know if he could do that. I, I don't think, know if he could swallow his pride like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot. That'd be tough. Or come down to Atlanta. We have a lot of hey. We have a lot of hot weather and bugs and humidity. Yeah, come welcome on. and a lot of cap room. Come hang out, LeBron. We have a couple of journalists. And we stuff have too. nothing but cap room. Um, so okay, well okay. So speaking of one of the reasons why he might not want to go to the Lakers um, is you know our boy Lonzo Ball. Um, and so the kind of question that I want to pose to you, I feel like involves a little bit of backstory. So I want to take you through. What's happened in, you know, the four summer league games that Lonzo Ball has played as of the point they're recording this podcast? I saw a sick alley-oop on Facebook. Okay, so you saw the alley-oop. So that came from game one. But the problem with that game is that he also shot two of 13 and scored five (laughs) points. Okay. Sounds like me in eighth grade. Man. Yes. Okay. So so he's putting up he's putting up Brian Clark <laughs> church league stats. And not to be a, a spoiler alert, but we all know how that one turned out. I'm sitting here doing podcasts yeah. in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> Clearly didn't make it in the NBA, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think Lonzo has a better chance of making the NBA, but but we want to kind of overreact to his performance in summer league and see if that means he's going to be you know a great player or just an average player. And so then the next game, he actually turns out. And he has a uh, triple-double, which is something he'd never done in college. It's pretty crazy for a player to get that done in summer league. You know, I mean, obviously, triple-double is hard to achieve, even if you're playing against kind of scrubs like you are sometimes in summer league. Definitely not the best competition if you're, you know, a top three, you know, lottery pick. But um, the following game, he is squaring off against De'Aaron Fox, uh, who is now the Sacramento Kings but was of the Kentucky Wildcats, who absolutely oh, oh, damn, scorched right? him yeah. in the NCAA tournament. Lonzo sits out of the game. He says he's hurt. He doesn't rise to the occasion. But then the next game, he scores, explodes for 36 points. What? Okay, so you have one horrible shooting performance. You have a triple-double. You have him scaring away from a player who has slaughtered him in the past. And you also have him putting up an outrageous scoring performance. So, the question is, is Lonzo Ball soft as fuck? I think I think he's bipolar. <laughs> he just doesn't know when he wants to ball out and when he does. You know, maybe maybe his ankles were not feeling right those nights. You know, he was taking it. You know what? He was living it up for the team and letting everyone else have their moments, I guess, if they did well. Um, yeah. And when, he was, when he was taking uh, 13 shots and making two of them. Yeah. <laughs> But the question, is he soft as fuck? Yes. And I think that's a product not only of just being on the Lakers and whatever and just being Lonzo Ball, but his dad is an absolute fucking cock. We'll bleep that out. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he is. I think he needs to go the Westbrook and Harden round, get those get those points every night, you know? Yeah. Show out in the summer league. This is your time to shine, big guy. Yeah. Especially if you want LeBron coming down. Yeah, okay, yeah, and that's the thing. So LeBron was watching the game where he had this crazy scoring performance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so people were thinking, like, oh, LeBron is, like, totally tantalized by it. But if he's not bringing it every night, you know what I mean? How are you going to expect a little... Yeah. Because what other reason, you know, does, like, Brandon Ingram, that's the only other... LeBron doesn't have yeah. any other reason to go to the Lakers unless, you know, there is some sort of at least decent foundation. He's not going to just come in and build an entirely new team of free agents. Yeah. So you got to do something if you want to win... If you want to ring, Lonzo. I, th- I think he's got to take it by the helm and just... Let's get it. Let's get it done, Lakers. Let's go to the lake, boys. 
Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so the last one, this is going to be an absolutely obscure one, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to make it the most challenging one last or whatever. I love the challenge. Okay, so basically, this is going to be more philosophical, because I don't. this might be a move you know less about. So, pretty interesting move that happened in the NBA is J.J. Redick of, of Duke and uh, Clippers fame. Who's that? Okay, so J.J. Redick... <laughs> Legendary NBA shooter. Okay. Um, legendarily gelled haircut on the court. Um, okay. But basically, the idea is he was this great role player on the Clippers. You know, like a really good shooter coming off screens, played decent defense, and then he just got a giant contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, basically to serve in a mentorship role to these young players and then provide a little bit of shooting on the side. So the question is, is this a smart deal? To basically pay someone like twenty million dollars to be a locker room presence. When's the last time the 76ers have done anything correctly? <laughs> so no, uh, that's really dumb. Um, stick my ass in there if you want some some fatherly presence. Yeah, um, I'll take I'll take two thousand dollars to do it. No, <laughs> that's really stupid. That's a lot of money. And I know like uh, kind of like splitting hairs and apples to oranges when you talk about NBA contracts because Definitely. it's like. It's, it's like, mind-boggling money because, like, none of us can really understand it, but, like, that's what the market dictates and stuff, so I don't know. Like, is that a lot? But, like, yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't know the average NBA salary or whatever, That's but more than the average, it for is, sure. Oh, like yeah. A ton. Oh, yeah. Then, then, yeah, it's stupid, especially with a stupid haircut. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason for that. that. You bring in, like, like, especially the way the NFL does it, they'll bring in, like, veteran players that are on their last leg, give them, like, a the veteran minimum and have them come in there and be a presence in the locker room. Like you don't need to pay someone oodles and boodles of money for that. But then again, it's the 76ers. So yeah. ball out guys. No. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they have the money granted, but <laughs> right. because they're not paying anybody because they have all these young guys, but, but yeah, to your point, you know, that's way different than what you see in the NFL where, you know, even if you're a bad team, you can bring in a veteran quarterback. You could bring in like, Matt Flynn back in the day or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, to just kind of help your young guys, he's a good guy in practice or whatever, and he comes in if you need him in a game, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But but it's not the same way in the NBA. Um, and it's not as if J.J. Redick is that old, but he is a veteran who probably shouldn't be making that much money um, on a team, wouldn't have made that much money on a, on a winning team, you know? Um, or, you know, they, a team wouldn't want room for him like that. Um, so there were no other better free agents out there for him to, for them to get? Well, so, yeah, so that's what I think. I think the thing is, I think the idea is that they paid him enough money to draw him there because it was more than he would have gotten somewhere else. And then if you're the 76ers, you really aren't trying to bring in free agents that are going to help you win. You're going to bring in free agents that are going to help teach your young guys how to win. Oh, okay. Because they know that they're playing for later, not for now. Nah, just stick Master Splinter up in that locker room. They'll get taught right (laughs) away. Get everybody some pizza. (laughs) You're ready to go. Um, Okay, so I guess we want to shift gears now, coming out of our like NBA hot take corner. Um, we're going to move to something that we're at least on a little bit more even playing field about. Uh, knowledge-wise, you certainly know more about uh, NFL football than I do. But um, yeah, If we... you guys couldn't tell, I don't know jack shit about the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was fun, though. Yeah, it was no, good. it was awesome. I um, love it. I, I was getting yeah. hot and sweaty over here, but yeah. it's fun. Brian it's a is drenched sweat. right now. <laughs> He's changed shirts three times during the podcast. <laughs> um, so what we want to start off with with the NFL is we want to first give our opinion of one team that we both think is going to overperform and one team that we think is going to underperform this year compared to what the general expectations or what last season's performance told us. So to start off, do you want to give me your team that you think will overperform compared to expectations this year? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Falcons fans will hate me once again as if they couldn't um, enough after the Super Bowl. Good I'm guys. a diehard Patriots fan, as if anyone Sick. of this podcast uh, probably already knows. It's a great part of the podcast. Um, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to shoot for the sky this year. Um, I think they're going to actually win the division. Spoiler alert for our next segment. Um <laughs> And I, I think the addition... I, I'm not a big Deshaun Jackson fan. I think he's kind of a pussy. But, like, the the fact that they got him on... I used, I used to tell someone about this with the Patriots. Like, the... Um, when Deion Lewis got his ACL torn the other day, or the other, the other, day, day. The other year, <laughs> it was like yesterday. I was like, I was really freaking out about it because he was doing so well. And then they were like, but why does it matter? They still have so many other weapons. And I'm like, it's the attention. The attention each player draws to them will like keep attention off of other players so they're obviously their best players mike evans the back to the bucks uh the addition of deshaun jackson i don't think he's i think he's great sure but like all he does is go deep it's really stupid but like that does warrant attention from at least the corner and probably the safety as well actually mostly the safety just because he goes deep but that takes stuff off of that takes coverage away from Mike Evans, and then you also have OJ Howard coming in there, yep. which you know I'm not gonna I don't really put a ton of investment into rookies, but apparently he's really good. He was very good at Alabama, but they also have Cameron Brait, which I I think is a very decent tight end. So, and then Doug Martin's coming back after his suspension. So, obviously, the more attention you take away from uh, Mike Evans, the better he's going to be. And I, I just think their offense is going to click on all cylinders. And, um, yeah, so they're they're going to – they were also, what, one game away from making the playoffs last year. So, I, you know, I think they're going to squeak in there this year. Um, yeah, what about you, D-Boy? Yeah, um, and, I mean, I definitely agree with you on the Bucks thing. I mean, they were a really competitive team last year, and they only, you know, added weapons. And that Ooh. defense has been good for a couple of years now. But – yeah, they didn't lose anyone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that I know kind of speaking about a team that did the same thing, um, kind of similar moves, but maybe, maybe under the radar even a little bit more, is the Tennessee Titans, right? Oh, yeah. So that's my team that's going to overperform expectations this year. So to start off with, they are playing in an absolute horrific division. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you have the Colts, who still can't figure out how to surround luck with any weapons. And you have the Jaguars, who... Even if they're improving, they're not improving to become a competitor in the division. Right. And then, of course, the Texans are getting J.J. Watt back, which is really, really going to help them. Um, but I still don't think they have a lot of games they have to worry about. They're right. not playing, you know, a division winner schedule, and they're not playing in a tough division. And then at the same time, on that merit, you know, you talk about returning guys, like you did with the Buccaneers. So you have Delaney Walker, one of the best tight ends in football, coming back. You have DeMarco Murray, who has shown that he can still be one of the best right. running backs in football. You have Derrick Henry coming back for another year. Yeah, if Murray goes for, down, Henry's coming right on. Yeah, him. for like, real, who really came on strong at the uh-huh. end of the year behind Murray. And then you have Marcus Mariota, only another year under his belt, has really kind of gotten comfortable in that pocket passer role, oh, yeah. managing a team, not doing too much, but doing enough to win the game. And then their defense and their cornerbacks have been really good for a while. And then you also talk about you know, adding to what they were the weakest at. So their worst position for the past two or three years has been wide receiver. Oh, yeah. They yeah, added a veteran in Eric Decker, and then they added Corey Davis mm-hmm. from Western Michigan, um, you know, are considered by some to be the best wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you actually have these weapons around Mariota, along with that run game and that defense that was already going to win them close to enough games to make the playoffs last year. Plus, a lot of people don't know, they have easily the second-best offensive line in the league. Yes. Like, Dallas is obviously heading away, number one, but they, their offensive line is stacked with a capital K. Like, And 
something also. The, their defense. They got Logan Ryan from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He was a great cornerback. So you know he's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the inside info on that. Yeah. One. The um, he I, he led the NFL in re, uh, interceptions like either two or three years ago. But last year he was a solid corner. Played all sixteen games. Real rough guy. Great tackler. Like he's tremendous at tackling. Like it's actually crazy skill. But um, so they gained him, and their cornerbacks were kind of trash last year, anyways. So um. I know they lost Jason McCourty, but I, I think that's a really good pick. Um, so I think their defense is going to be pretty good with Arakbo also. Um, oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, okay. Well, so now going the other way, who are the guys that the team that you think are going to underperform this year? Reverse, reverse. Um, <laughs> so a lot of more fans are going to hate me, but these fans kind of suck anyways. So the Cowboys. Uh-oh. How about them boys? Oh, no. Uh, no. They're definitely taking about 15 steps backwards in my my eyes. Um. I I think Dak Prescott did a great job last year. I had no complaints with it. Ship Tony Romo out. I really don't care. Um, but that being said, he didn't do anything that was like like incredibly impressive. Like like his throws were like I don't know. Nothing about his throws or anything was like wow. It was magical. Yeah. He um, just kept the offense moving. Right. Kept the which was really good. Yeah. And Zeke and the offensive line had a lot to do with that. <clears throat> But I think what teams are going to start doing is they're going to stack the box, which will slow Zeke down a little bit. Like, the dude's a freak. Like, he's going to get his. But, like, they're going to add more players down there, slow the run down a little bit, and they're going to force Dak to make more difficult throws on, like, man coverage with better corners and stuff. So I think I think Dak takes a step back, and if Dak takes a step back, then the team takes a step back. Unfortunately, that's the way the – the cookie crumbles with the NFL these days. Um, but they lost, I believe, two cornerbacks this offseason also, which is garbage. That is something you never want. They, that's like the quarterbacks of the defense. Like, they don't call the plays or anything, but they're the most important players on the defense. Um, so you never want that. So it's going to be a free-for-all, whoever's playing them. Um, but, yeah, I, I certainly I, – you know, I don't, I don't think they recede into Jacksonville or – Colts territory, but like I, I think they take a significant step back. I, you know what? I'll save my predictions for later. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not to spoil any more segments, yeah. but we will get a chance to argue these again. Um. And, okay. And then going to to my team that I think I want to perform. You know, I think we both maybe picked kind of trendy teams to that people think might take a step back. Right. Um. So then you know, but but mine, I I do really think that they're gonna fall back. And it's a team that people say every year is gonna do this, and they never do. But I actually think the Seattle Seahawks, this is the year that they actually lose it. That maybe they even fall out of playoff contention. This I year. hope so. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> hope so too. Everyone who doesn't live in the state of Washington <laughs> hates the Seahawks. And everyone who lives in Seattle does not understand that. Their defense is so arrogant. I yeah. can't stand it. They're great, but they're 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 they run their player run organization, which is a recipe for disaster in the NFL. Like yes. you need a coach at the helm. Like they let Richard Sherman, like Pete Carroll, is just like, well, I'll let him do whatever he wants, and it's, yeah, it's it's going to explode eventually. Yeah, and so that's the, kind of the problem I have here. So you have a lot of strong personalities, right? You have a team that it seems like, uh, I don't think we know if they if the team likes Russell Westbrook. I mean, what, Russell Wilson. Sorry, <laughs> nobody what, likes uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Well, obviously this podcast doesn't <laughs> like Russell Westbrook, but I don't I don't know if we know if they like yeah. Russell Wilson. There seems like there's some tension there, but also a my, lot of articles this offseason. Yeah, about certainly. That. And so and so then, but then at the same time. 
you have a team that even if they wanted to help him, they really can't protect him yeah. from the pass rush. And then, you know, they added Eddie Lacy at running back. Wee! Who, yeah, we'll see how many buckets of KFC fried chicken he has to eat to plunge his way for three yards through the some line. KFC yeah. for the game. I just made my weight. I got paid two hundred fifty thousand. Who wants? My yeah, KFC? but you can get a lot of KFC with the, with the money in that weight contract. To be to be totally fair, but I, I mean, Seattle's also been facing this problem where. You know, they always come on strong offensively in the second half of the season. But the strength of their team has always been their defense, especially when playing at home. Right. And that home field advantage has gone away in the last two years. And also, that defense has gone away a little bit in the last two years. Just to take you through these numbers, I mean, the the, the dropback isn't as intense as you might think. But, you know, in 2014, they were the best defense in the NFL in terms of yards allowed. Right. In 2015, they were the second best behind the Broncos. So that's not a huge step back. Uh-huh. But then in 2016, they were the fifth best. And Ooh, what happened there? So yeah, so you have you have them taking a step back. You also have a team that has Earl Thomas coming back from injury, and then a team that continually is running into a problem where it was built around this young core when it won the Super Bowl, and now is finding that it's unable to pay all those players the oh, money yeah. that they want or need or deserve. And so as they continue to lose defensive players and don't add to the offensive line and don't add to any weapons around Russell Westbrook, the Jimmy Graham experiment did not seem to work out. Um, I just don't think it's a team that's going to be able to move the ball particularly well, and I think it's a team that can lose at home and can lose in any situation now, which they used to be able to protect themselves from with their defense. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't, I don't think they have any weapons. I, I, I think Doug Baldwin's okay, but he's always, he's always that guy at the end of the week. You see how many yards he has, and you just throw your hands up. And you go, what the hell happened? Like when you're watching the game, he's so damn slow. Like he gets a touchdown every. He's almost the Demarius Thomas of the. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, he, he don't just, hate. I, I hate. <laughs> I'm gonna hate. stand by my boy. Anyways, but, okay. Fair he, enough. Uh, yeah. he 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 gets these sneaky yards, but like that's about it. They have Jermaine Curse, Tyler Lockett. I I don't know if his knees back together again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they have Procise and um, Eddie Lacy. Like, yep. yeah, you know, those not, are weapons. Yeah, it's not the um, the best bunch out there, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely can agree with that. Um, yeah. So, that being said, Dylan, what are your uh, NFC playoff predictions? Yeah, okay, let's do it. So, I think the way that we want to break this down, too, is we're going to kind of run through each uh, division, and then if we have a disagreement, for sake of time, we'll only argue if we have a disagreement. If we feel the same way, you guys can just take that as gospel and know we're right, and then we'll just move on. <laughs> um, so, okay, Write so, it in pen, not pencil, folks. Yeah, yeah, we are only writing everything in pen, just, to, <laughs> for, just for a little backstory. Um so, okay, so NFC East, I have the New York football Giants. Same. Okay. I, like I said, I think Dallas takes a step back, and I, I think the Giants have only gotten better. I don't think Brandon Marshall's anything good, but, but better. But, but the defense is fantastic. Yeah, the receiving core is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers. Same Z's. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think despite... That you know, division is trash. Yeah, that division is garbage, <laughs> and they're and they're asking for it to be taken yeah, from them. Yeah. They do nothing to help Aaron Rodgers year to year. Yep. But but the Vikings get worse and worse every year. Like, I love the like what did they go six and zero last year, and it was like oh school or yeah. whatever, and, I'm, and then it, they lost like eight games in a row. Or yeah. Something like NFL that. record like, holder Sam Bradford for completion percentage in a single season. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what that gets you um, when you're completing for minus two yards every time. Um, <laughs> but okay, so then NFC South, I think we might finally have a disagreement because I, so. I of course have my Atlanta Falcons winning the division oh, <laughs> um, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the reasons I had explained earlier but I I just you know I, I, I think the Falcons will come in 
very close. But they might even make a wild card spot, to be honest with you. But like, I I think the Bucks take the division just because I think last year the Bucks uh, defense was amazing. Like they really were. Um, Gerald McCoy on there, Altron Burner. I know he's not there anymore, but um, Vernon Hargraves is awesome. Uh, but <clears throat> I think that that defense, like. I, they lost like one player last year, and I think they still stay very intact. And I think they'll kind of force their way around the Falcons to win the division in that one. Okay, just to give my 15 second Falcons hot take, <laughs> I, I think that people are entirely underestimating the Falcons next year. Not because I think the offense is going to reproduce what it did last year. I do think it'll have to take a step back without Shanahan. I think it'll be close. But I think it'll be close because the system will still be in place. They're going to run the same system with the same personnel. And I also think the defense is going to take a big step up this next year. You have a young defense that got better and better as the season went on into the playoffs. And then you also have Desmond Trufant, arguably their best defensive player behind Vic Beasley, maybe. If he doesn't get hurt again. coming Yeah, coming back from injury. But it's not as if he has a history of injury. Yeah. Ju- so so you have him coming back at corner, one of the best corners in the league. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like top five, but like top seven, probably. Top ten. Yeah. Can we I, actually, I can give him that. Okay, give that. fair enough. I and and I think that I think that they're going to hold it down. I mean, shit, I can't even talk either. They threw the Patriots around for three quarters. Like, yeah. it was trash like i was i was so mad here in my living room like ask my mother like i actually i actually think very highly of the falcons defense cool and the only i think the only argument we have here is like like i think the falcons will stay the same or close to the same i think the bucks just take a little step forward Mm -hmm. around them that i think that's my only uh problem with the falcons winning it like i said i think they still get a close wild card spot yeah, um, absolutely. And who knows? The Panthers could end up winning it all and blowing both of us out of oh, here. Oh, Dylan, you're so good at jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the Carolina McCaffreys. Um, okay, so <laughs> NFC West. I think we might have another disagreement. So I don't feel great about this, but because I said that I thought the Seahawks would perform, right. I had to pick the Arizona Cardinals as my division winner. And let me explain why before you say this to Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> so I think that last year was an outlier. And that this team is going to bounce back in the way that it played back in 2015. Except for the difference is that they now have David Johnson, who's one of the best young running backs in the NFL. Some might argue the best all-around running back in the NFL, considering what he can do in the passing game and in the run game. No doubt. And and so, so you have a great athlete. If Carson Palmer has one more year, just just squeeze a little <laughs> bit of juice out. One more time with this great receiving core and a defense that remains to be this, about the same as far as we know. And a division that is kind of theirs for the taking because they get to play the 49ers twice Literally and they get the to play the Rams the twice. So, so give me give me your case for what I assume is not the Cardinals. Well, once um, Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer pull their uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex around the front of the facility for practice, <laughs> um, I I still I, I don't I kind of agree with Dylan on the Seahawks. I, I think they're still a great team, but like so my pick is the Seahawks. By the way, um, <laughs> I just their division is so garbage. I just Arizona is so garbage. Carson Palmer is the worst player in the NFL. Quote me on that. I just despise Carson Palmer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, but we were talking about David Johnson. That is literally it. I, Larry Fitzgerald's great, but let's not kid ourselves. The dude's, like, 90 years old. He walks around with tennis balls on his walker, like, <laughs> so he doesn't scuff up the carpet or the, the floor, of course. Um, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I just I, I don't think very much of them. John Brown is not very good. I don't, I don't think at all. Their defense is pretty good. I'll give them that. I mean, it's all right. Yeah. Um, John Brown's Patrick, a heck of a dancer, though. I'll tell you what. You've got that going for you. Yeah. How'd that last for Victor Cruz? Oh, all God. Right. Oh, no. All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so AFC East, I think we might agree here. As much as I hate to say it, it's definitely the New England Patriots. Your Super Bowl champions <laughs> last <laughs> year and this year. They're oh, winning all of God. it. Take all right. it. Put your money down. Put your mortgage down. Whatever you want. Your mortgage. Yeah. Put anything down. Put your children's lives down. Yeah. Donate um, your children. Uh, okay, so then AFC North, uh, I have the Steelers. <clears throat> Same. Okay. And that's actually a pretty hot division. Like, I I really love the competition in that division year to year. I just think th- they have way too much talent on their team to lose it. I mean, I think the Ravens and the, um, the Bengals could sneak up on them and give them a run for their money like they always do. But, like, I, you know, I think the Steelers pull away like, like usual. Definitely. Um, yeah. That Especially offense. with the addition of my boy Martavis Bryant. He's going to ball out this yeah. year. He actually scares the bejesus out of me when they play the Patriots. I don't think anybody can cover that madman. Whenever, yeah, when he's not suspended, <laughs> very difficult to defend. Stay off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now uh, the AFC South. Um, as I pick them to overperform uh, this year, I have the Titans for kind of, you know, the aforementioned reasons. I think they play in a weak division. I think the Texans are going to be really, really good next year, but I, I really think the Titans can pull it out with the personnel they have. Yeah, I, th- I think it stays with the Texans. I, I do like the Titans, but once again, they're probably, like the Falcons, they're probably a fit for the wild card spot, but the... Texans, that that number one defense, and that J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, uh, Bernardrick McKinney. Shall I go Ooh. on? I know they, Ooh. I know they lost A.J. Boye. That's a fun last name. A.J. Um, Boye. Boye. Uh, you know their offense is kind of okay, but you know if Deshaun Watson turns into anything special, then you have a very fat Super Bowl contender. They're gonna just lose to the Patriots, but you know they'll make it there. You mean the AFC Championship? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Educated podcast here. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. This is uh, what happens when you drink G&Ts during your podcast. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is one thing we should know. The point of this podcast is that we are getting drunker as we record <laughs> this podcast. So if something slips a little bit, that's why. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last uh, Work with us here, division. Folks. Yeah, exactly. Please, please. Um, the last one uh, is the AFC West. Um, which I have the Oakland Raiders, um, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, winning. Same. Another, another. Um, I, I think Derek Carr is on absolute fire right now. The Broncos, I would say the Broncos are a close second. Actually, the, you know, this, this division is way more interesting than the AFC North, but I think the Broncos have zero offense because they don't have a quarterback right now. Like, if they still had Peyton Manning or any shred of, like, whatever Brock Osweiler used to be, like... I actually be like, you know, uh, the Broncos could actually win this because their defense is still fat. Like, I guess they lost Demarco or Demarcus Ware, but yeah, yeah, he was old as dirt, anyways. Yep. But um, and Kansas City was great last year, like awesome. But they lost Jeremy Macklin, and which you know he didn't do squat last year. But you know they didn't. We were talking about this before. We were like, they didn't really gain anybody. Yeah. From they gained. Pat Mahomes from their first round pick. Who they aren't the going to start. They're yeah. not going to. They're, they're, so they didn't gain anything for yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah, like he might be their future if he turns out with anything. But like I don't remember the rest of their picks and stuff. They they did grab Kareem Hunt, which could yeah. be a good running back. Spencer Ware is pretty garbage, but like 
you know what what it, like he's not gonna be that good in one yeah. year you know he's no he's no zeke like he's no leonard fournette or whatever but um so yeah i, th- I think it's an offense that relies entirely on travis kelsey and tyreek hill which unfortunately like tyreek hill's really good but i think he's he's sort of that supplemental role that's that, that is where he shines like a number two like th- people yeah. were focused on macklin and then like when he was in and then they're focused on kelsey but like once they kind of figure out Tyreek Hill, I don't think he's going to be as dynamic as he was last year. So, yeah. I think I think the Raiders still take the cake on that. That being said, though, Marshawn Lynch will be the ghost of what he used to be. Like he <laughs> he is not going to be that good this year. No amount of skittles. I, yeah, no. Can bring him in. No back. amount of skittles or tummy aches on the sidelines can help him. This Unfortunately, year. okay. I, so the last things we want to get into, we're going to get into two really quick debates. Yeah. Um, we, we're kind of running long here, but we, we, we still want to talk about these things. We know y'all love the content. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't matter. We know we know you guys <laughs> wish that this was a four-hour podcast, <laughs> and we can give it to you. I don't have to go to bed tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brian doesn't have work tomorrow, so Chill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I could sleep here. Um, so, uh, okay, so the quick thing we want to talk about is we want to talk about this Kirk Cousins contract. Um, Brian, if you want to go ahead and jump into the situation mm-hmm. and explain it, then maybe we can very, very quickly give our perspectives on this situation. Okie smokies. So, I don't really know what the beef is because I don't really keep up with the Redskins too much, but I know the gist of it. So, they franchise tagged him last year, which is pretty normal. So, basically, for people who don't know, you franchise tag someone when you... It's basically a one-year deal, and you have to give them the amount of money that the top three... I believe it's the top three... Um, salaries or contracts at that position average together, they receive that compensation for the next year. And you franchise tag someone in order to, I, I think, just like buy yourself more time to work out a long-term deal or like figure things out. Maybe put it's kind of like like parole or like probation where you like um, give them another year. Like you're not sure about them. Like yeah, but you, but, you but, still it, want but it restricts their free agency status. Right, they can't, they can't go anywhere. Exactly. You're basically just signing them to another deal, another one year deal to your team. So they did that last year with Kirk Cousins, and I don't remember what the number was, but they're doing it again this year. They placed it on him again, which is almost unprecedented. Like I don't remember the last time it's happened, but definitely does not happen a lot. Um, so I heard last week that they were trying to work out a long-term deal before training camp starts in about two weeks but i also heard like i think today or this morning that that was a no-go anymore and they'll just play under the franchise tag which is crazy because that for the quarterbacks that's a lot of money that's the highest paid position in all of football that is a ton of money so the debate is why aren't they giving him this long-term contract do they not want to commit to Kirk cousins or like you know what's the deal with that because like i personally believe He's a very good quarterback. Like I, I'm, I think he's at least top ten, top eight. You know, I, I, I actually think very highly of him. Like he, he gets the job done more than RG three ever did. Like, and everyone was gung ho on him. We all know how that turned out. But <clears throat> my, my premise is even, even if you don't think too much of him. The the way the NFL works is you're so quarterback dependent, which is why I was talking about Carson Palmer earlier being garbage and why Arizona has no chance. You need a functional quarterback to stay afloat in this league. That that's that's literally it. If you get that, you win. That's why the, it's the only reason the Colts are anywhere near relevant. Like 
without Andrew Luck, they would be just a steaming pile of dung. Like, so with Kirk Cousins, he's at least good enough, I feel, to deserve that kind of contract, especially when you see people like Ryan Tannehill of the Dolphins get uh, a fatty contract. I don't remember what it was, but he got it uh, last year or the year before. Why does Ryan Tannehill deserve a contract when – or, or why why doesn't Kirk Cousins deserve a contract when Ryan Tannehill has one that big? But you know, like that's just what the market dictates. And you know, if you get rid of him, who do you bring in? You know, you're going to be a garbage franchise for the next God until you land something else. Like maybe it, it, it's such a spotty position that's so hard to execute that like you once you have even a glimmer of something, stay with it. Like. So I think they should feed the man, give him his money, and just cross your fingers and roll with it. I think he's a great player. Yeah, see, so, okay, so I agree with you on your evaluation of Kirk Cousins. I have, like, mad respect for the guy. Like, I think he gets way more hate than deserved while he plays, yeah. like, what you said is, I, I agree, is probably a top-eight quarterback. I think he's just outside of that elite tier right. of the guys you always the, think the of. The very, very good. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's he's really right there, of like, guys you, you would really, really want if you were starting a franchise from scratch. And But I think the problem, the reason this short-term deal is a good idea, though, is because it gives both parties what they want. So neither Kirk Cousins nor the organization seem to be very happy with one another. So Dan Snyder, historically, someone who fought for RG3 to the very, very, very end, and there is now apparently some kind of internal rift between him and uh, Kirk Cousins because of this. As a result, Kirk Cousins was kind of asking for trades this year. There was talk that he might even go to the Browns, but you know, <laughs> other other situations where maybe he'd go to the 49ers and play with his old offensive coordinator and which Kyle Shanahan. Which would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, which would be pretty sweet. Um, you know, they wouldn't win a lot of games, <laughs> but he'd be fun to watch, for sure, to see him in that system. But um, So why are they holding on, though? Yeah, so, so I think the problem is that they realize that they couldn't do anything better this year, so they might as well hold him down again for another year. And then see again. I mean, I'm not saying it's a smart strategy, but I'm saying it might be a better strategy than giving him a giant contract that he doesn't want. Or letting him walk and then letting your franchise completely fall at the bottom where your best offensive player is Jamison Crowder after Whee! that. Um, but but I, I don't know. I agree with you about Kirk Cousins. I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year because he kind of had his prove yourself year last year. Yeah, that's like basically what the franchise tag is for. You really don't ever get it twice. Yeah. Like, so, so what does he do this year? Does he lose interest, or does he try to shop himself in free agency even harder? See, I kind of disagree with you because I, I actually do think he wants to stay there. I think he loves the Redskins and, and whatever Dan Snyder might think about RG3. I, I think I really don't – there's something missing here with why they're not getting it done. Maybe they don't – I know a lot of people that don't think a ton of Kirk Cousins, but, like, I'm sorry. The blind community can – Stop speaking up. Like, he's he's a great quarterback, and especially, like, at least about... Like, we both just agreed on he's top eight. Like, yeah. just sign the man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that that is that is the ultimate security in the NFL. If you don't have that, a.k.a. the Browns, the Browns can do whatever they want. They drafted... They, they actually have, like, very good players all over, but they don't have a quarterback. They're going to continue to be garbage. Like... You, you have to have one. So I, I don't know. I, just, I think you sign him, and I think he wants to stay there. I, I really do. I I haven't heard anything that he was not content being there. Like, hmm. But then again, I you know, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't follow the Redskins that much. Yeah, I think like, I have better sources than you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Per uh, sources. So, okay, 
let's do this last one at super lightning speed. Oh, yeah. Um, so something that I know you want to talk about is this idea that we saw in the draft this year, which we kind of talked about during our first episode, just kind of, you know, where these players were getting placed and how teams were valuing them. Right. Um, recording right after the draft. But, um, you know, so you saw in 2016 a player like Ezekiel Elliott drafted, you know, what, fourth overall? I think, yeah, I think he's something four, like that. fourth or and, something like and, that, yeah. And end up being totally worth it. 100%. Yeah, you would never go back and do it differently. Great player. Absolutely worth the pick. But now has that caused us to overvalue players in the draft? So in 2017, you saw a couple running backs get drafted in the top ten. You had uh, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette getting drafted, I think, fourth and ninth, respectively? Fourth and eighth, something like that. Yep. Um, Escapes me, but, but yeah, yeah, something but, to that effect. And so, and then you had a lot of offensive players coming off the board very, very quickly in a league that is always kind of overvalued offense on the surface level that now might be dangerously having an even larger fascination with these young talents that aren't proven yet. Um, yep. And so I guess what we want to talk about really quickly is are we overhyping rookies? I think we absolutely are. I, I, to bring up Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette, you, I think a lot of people, not to get super dorky, but this is a little bit of fantasy talk is the only way I can really put this into kind of perspective. Nerd! Dude! <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people are going to draft him very, very early this year. And I'm not saying like first round or anything, but very early. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to let someone else make that mistake because Jacksonville still has an off. Uh, like, I, I think a lot of people are expecting him to come in and do the same thing Zeke did. He was a great running back at LSU. Like, when he wasn't taking games off, he was being <laughs> he was really good. Uh, but, I like, he's an absolute hoss, which Zeke was also. And I think a lot of people, that's the only thing they can compare him to is last year. They're like, oh, my God, the second coming of Zeke. Hold up. I don't think so at all. Jacksonville still has an awful line. Like, they, their offense isn't really together, and I know they have Doug Marone, I think it is now. And the last two games of the season, they did pretty well, which I'll give them that. But in, with Tom Coughlin now as their something, I don't know, <laughs> but he's in there. Um, he's and he's very disciplined. He's hanging out. Great guy. He's, he's going to do wonders for their organization. But I think we just need to hold off on the rookie seasons. Not saying... Fournette's not going to be good, or McCaffrey, just not immediately. I don't see either of these guys producing like extraordinary numbers this year. I think they're still going to be mid-tier. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe top fifteen running backs in the the league. So I don't know. Just hold off on that. And then Christian McCaffrey also like I. I like the kid, but, like, I never really saw the, the zing that everyone seems to be so infatuated with. Like, and especially with something like, once again, Carolina's line. Not the best. Like, they still have Jonathan Stewart also. That's the thing that uh, puts Leonard Fournette over Christian McCaffrey is, like, he's he's kind of the, like, the the by far and away the best running back on their roster like they but the panthers still have jonathan stewart like why does everyone forget about that he's he's not that good but he's decent like i don't know i don't think mccaffrey i think mccaffrey does good as like either a third down back i think he gets a lot more reps than a normal third down back will get but i think he he falls somewhere in the top 20 of league running backs this year. I just, you know, I think people need to like pump the brakes a little bit on these rookie running backs. I don't think you're going to get the second coming of Zeke this year. I just don't. Yeah. And I mean, 
you know, so for all the GMs out there that listen to this podcast, um, I guess we'll leave you with, with that <laughs> advice. You know what I mean? Like, and I totally agree. Like, don't overhype these guys just because you've seen it done once. You know what I mean? Like, these rookies really are an investment in the A future. A lot of people chase. Yeah, like... and, and that's how you need to view it is you, you're really investing in the long term. And yeah. right now people are looking for short-term results in, you know, valuable high picks. Um but uh, I think that's where we're going to leave you guys. Um, we, we went on for a pretty long time about yeah. the NFL, which I'm proud of. That means we still kind of have it knowledge-wise, I guess. Um, More coming, too. It, yeah. it only gets better from here on yeah. out because the season's coming around here in about two weeks. Training camp starts. There's going to be a lot of juice flowing around. And we will be live from Patriots camp uh, <laughs> coming to you. So just uh, check us out in two I'll weeks. be in the bushes somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We won't necessarily be officially live, but we'll be there. Um, no, but uh, you guys can expect another episode from us. Hopefully next week we can do this again. We've been trying to go weekly, but yeah, but I mean the GNT. I've been doing the GNT daily just uh, to keep absolutely. it up, and it's been really hard to get through the work week. No one's, yeah, Dylan's been going to work with. I've been going to work so drunk. Um, <laughs> shout out to my employer. I will not name them on this podcast. Um, all right, <laughs> no, fine, dang it. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.